0: Hi everyone, welcome to 10 Minute Workday Zen, the podcast about trying to bring a little calm into the chaos of our day to day. Every episode we read through a Zen cone or other teaching and talk about how the lessons we learn can be applied to our lives. I'm your host, Chris Aiken, and today we'll be talking about learning wisdom from silence. Today's cone is titled, The Dead Man's Answer. When Mamaya, who later became a well-known preacher, went to a teacher for personal guidance, he was asked to explain the sound of one hand. Mamaya concentrated upon what the sound of one hand might be. You are not working hard enough, his teacher told him. You are too attached to food, wealth, things, and that sound. It would be better if you died. That would solve the problem. The next time Mamaya appeared before his teacher, he was again asked what he had to show regarding the sound of one hand. Mamaya at once fell over as if he were dead. You are dead, all right, observed the teacher, but how about that sound? I haven't solved that yet, replied Mamaya, looking up. Dead men do not speak, said the teacher. Get out. There are quite a few cones where the teacher in the story asks the pupil about the sound of one hand clapping. Since that's a cone in and of itself, to me that shows that Zen uses this idea to illustrate a very important point. So, what is the sound of one hand? In our cone, Mamaya's teacher tells him that he's too attached to the things in his life, and makes a special point to mention that he is too attached to that sound. Presumably, Mamaya is focusing too much on the sound of one hand in his meditations. You could argue that this is exactly what he was supposed to be doing, so why is it that this teacher is telling him to both meditate on, and become detached from, the sound he's asking Mamaya to explain? The answer lies in his teacher's seemingly flippant, but incredibly helpful, insight. This wouldn't be an issue if you were dead. Mamaya seems to be on the right path to the answer when, The next time he is asked about the sound of one hand, he falls over and pretends to be dead. He fails, though, when his teacher asks him about the sound. His failure isn't that he doesn't know the answer, it's that he answers at all. The idea of the sound of one hand, or one hand clapping as it's often related, isn't a hard thing once you realize that we have a preconceived notion of the word sound. When someone asks you what something sounds like, your gut reaction is to think about what you hear when that thing occurs. The human expectation defaults to something being discernible with the senses. The problem then is with our reliance on those senses to provide us insight. I know, I know. In episode 12, How Grass and Trees Become Enlightened, I specifically asked you to ignore sight and then focus on the other senses in order to learn more about the world around you. It totally seems like a contradiction to now tell you to stop focusing so much on those senses so you can learn something new. As you probably expect, I don't think there's a contradiction here at all, and here's why. The world is both complex and simple at the same time. Much like the human experience exists in the two phases of self and no self simultaneously, the world exists in both the active use of the senses, as well as in the lack of the senses, the absence of the senses. You can use sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smell to experience the things around you in a way that boosts your sense of self, helping you relate to the world through physical means. This is important because, in order to understand the universe, you need to experience it. In Season 1, Episode 4, we talked about the first principle, which is most closely explained by the idea of Satori, or gaining wisdom through experiencing the world for what it is. Your senses are one vehicle towards this goal. Another vehicle is experiencing the world through the absence of the senses, or the imagining of the absence of a thing, and how the world behaves when that thing is missing. The sound of two hands clapping or something similar, but the sound of one hand clapping is total and absolute silence. This idea is put forth so often in the Zen teachings that it clearly bears a bit of scrutiny. So what can we learn from silence? The first thing that I realize we can learn by practicing a little bit of silence in our lives is simply to appreciate the gift of speech itself. I think a lot of people spend a lot of time talking and talking and talking and talking and they don't really realize the amazing thing that they're doing. When we speak we're not just making noises with our mouths. Pretty much every animal in the animal kingdom can make noises with its mouth. And even some plants can actually emit sounds. I'm pretty sure that there are some coral reefs out there that actually make sounds underwater. So why does that make it so special when humans do it? When humans make noises, we're conveying information. But not just, hey, there's a predator, or I think something bad is happening over there, or it's mating season. We can convey complex ideas about what's around us, and not just the actual facts of what's around us. By remaining silent, even for a short amount of time, it helps you to appreciate the fact that we're even capable of doing that at all. At the same time, when you remain silent for an extended period, you also learn that communication is about more than just words. When you look at people who are deaf or mute, generally speaking, they're not speaking. So, how do they communicate? Well, sign language is a very good example of communication that uses gestures as well as facial expressions and the method in which a gesture or facial expression is given to tell you all sorts of things about what that person is thinking and feeling. It conveys information without the use of actual sound. If no one in the world was silent, if no one in the world was deaf, we probably wouldn't have as good of an understanding about nonverbal communication as we do. But when you practice even a little bit of silence, you see that the nonverbal communication that you throw out to the world is just as important, or in some cases, even more important than the verbal communication. And the reason that you can learn a lot of this stuff by being silent is because the sound of your own voice is distracting. It's not just distracting to other people who are trying to enjoy some sort of silence in some cases, it's also distracting to you. You're spending so much time throwing things out into the world that you're not taking enough time to listen and bring things in. You're distracting yourself from the act of listening to the world around you because you won't shut up for a second. And sometimes sound really is counterproductive. Sometimes it's not what you say or even how you say it, it's whether or not you say anything at all. There's this old adage when it comes to negotiations or sales that the person who speaks first after an offer is made, loses. Now, this may or may not be the case, but having worked in sales for a very, very long time, I can honestly say that when you give people time to make decisions on their own, they're more likely to go the direction you want